Welcome to the Area 67 Music Podcast. Yes, I'm sir. I'm Mike Villegas. I'm your host. And today's... Oh, shit. Wait a minute. Come on, dude. I know you. <laughs> anyway, my bad. Finish the intro. Well, I'm, I'm here with Domingo Padilla. Is that proper way to yes, say sir. it? Okay. Yeah, you could use just Domingo. It's cool. Domingo. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Um, thank, you, thank you so much for being on the show, man, um, and doing this interview mm. with me. So, um, um, man, where do I start, man? Your 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 discography is like incredible. Um, you worked with everybody in the industry, it seems like, and with hip hop um, and and R and B. Um, you know, uh, you've done a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. how, how did you? Uh, were you an artist at first? Is that how you got in the game? Were you a hip hop artist? Yeah. Yep. And yep. I know that um, you do you are a hip hop artist, but I'm just curious if, if that was your in. Yeah, no, my, my my whole thing in the beginning was I was rapping. Okay. And and I used to do my little demo tapes in my house and and, and I got my demo tape over to Molly Mall and Molly Mall liked it and signed me for the In Control Volume Two album. Okay. And then the album was delayed coming out and um my contract expired. From the album okay but molly heard the beats because i would give him demos more and more demos and he would always be like yo these beats are dope bro they really dope and but he would never say nothing about the rapping right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so i was like all right whatever but he uh he one day put me in the studio with this artist big money Wiz, in queensbridge and i produced demos for him and then Bali was like, yo, I'm just going to bring you over the house of hits. You know, wow. to be one of the, one of the producers. Right, right. I'm like, bet. bet. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. And that was it. But yeah, I got signed for rapping. Okay. And then after that, the rapping stopped. It was yeah. like. How old were you when this was going, when this all started? 17. Well, I was 16, 16 going on 17. And, and you're from, this was in Brooklyn? Yeah, I'm from East New York, Brooklyn, but I ran it. I, I brought my demo tape to Molly up at BLS Radio. My friend, uh, uh, Junior, uh, Edison Palmales, he was he, my childhood friend that I grew up with on my block. We was listening to Molly on BLS that night, and he said he's looking for artists for In Control Volume 2. You got a demo, whatever, send it. And my friend, Junior, was like, yo, that's you. He's talking about you. And I'm like, nah, he's talking about me. And he went inside, got his father's keys, it was like, Mama, get in the car. <laughs> I'm taking you to BLS. And he took me. And I'm grateful that he did that because yeah. if he didn't do that, who knows what would have happened. Right, and it's right. crazy because I gave Molly my tape. There was a lot of people outside BLS. And Molly came out and I was standing off to the side. And I was real shy about the music because I really didn't think of it like that, you know? Right, right, right. And Molly was, Molly to me was my idol because of production. Right, you know, and and so Molly walked past me, and my friend Junior looking at me like, "Yo, what the fuck are you doing?" Like, "Yo, give him the tape." So I tapped Molly on the shoulder, and he turned around. And I always compare it to, and I've told this over and over. I've always compared it to the Me Joe Green Coca Cola thing where the kid yeah, taps. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, passes of the coat. So I tap him, and I said, and I had my head down like this. Yo, my name's Domingo, and this my demo. Real shy, and Molly was like, "Nah, no doubt, Shorty, I got you, no doubt." And then LL pulled up to talk to Molly. And I was like, oh, shit, LL Cool J. And he got out the car. He said, yo, Molly, everything good? This that Molly, yeah, I'm just talking to my man right here. And then LL gave me, you know, gave me a pound or whatever. And then I just told Molly, well, my number's on there. Take care. Glad to meet you. Hope you like it. Whatever. That was it. 
Then like a week later, I was down the block. We was playing handball or something. And my grandmother, you know, the old school shit, yelling down the block, got a phone call. So I go into the house and there's a lady on the phone, Francesca Spiro. And she's like, you know, is this Domingo, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, can you come to my office? And I was like, I, I don't know who you are. She goes, well, I manage Marley Mall and I need to talk to you. I would like for you to come to my office on Lafayette Street. So I was like, all right. I asked my grandmother for some money. She gave me money. I jumped on the train, went out there. And when I walked into the office, she had an office with Vito Bruno. Vito Bruno was one of the people that ran Fever uh, with uh, Sal Abatello. Or they ran some artist management, whatever. Right. So I walk in the office and she looks at me. And I was a lot skinnier then. So she looks at me and she's like, so you're the little Puerto Rican kid Molly's making a big fuss over. I was like, yeah, right. And she's like, no, seriously, like Molly will not leave me alone until I track you down. Wow. And I was like, I was like, for real? And she's like, yes. So she calls him on the phone. And he's like, yo, what up, yo? I said, yo, what's up? He's like, yo, that song you did, Untouchable, that was the name of the song I got signed for. I need that for In Control Volume 2. And I was like, for real? And he's like, yeah. He said, yo, Fran got a contract for you. You know, it's a... Uh, uh, a deal memo and just read it. If you want to get a lawyer, cool. I'll be honest with you. I ain't get no lawyer. I just signed that shit. Like whatever. Yeah. So he gave me, he, he broke me off some money and, um, and that was it. Like I said, that was it. After I gave him that song, we redid the song in the studio, but I did the beat. <laughs> so he couldn't do the beat without me. Right. And, 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 you know, it's crazy because me and Molly was around each other so much when I was young, like, people thought that either we bit each other's style or like, you know, or Molly took elements of me, but that wasn't the case. It was that Molly was my idol. Like he was the, but then yeah. again, I love large professor. Large professor was one of, one of my inspirations, big time inspiration. He still is to this day. And, but Molly was the dude for me, you know? So I kind of, molded myself production-wise behind Large Professor and Molly Mall. So when people heard my sound, they're like, yo, this sounds like Molly. Or, right. <laughs> Are you doing beats for Molly? I'm like, nah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've helped Molly with things, but I'm not the type that's going to sit there and shit on him and say, I did this, I did that. But right. that's, how the whole, that's how the whole thing started. And to this day, me and Molly are very tight. Very, right. very tight. That's that's incredible. That I mean, incredible how some of these these stories start. You know, it's just uh, you you just happen to be in the mecca of hip hop when it where, where it started, and you yep. know, know what I'm saying. And you're so local to it. Like I I grew up in Texas when it was all like popping, and, <laughs> and it was like like that just seemed like a a faraway land to me you know like, yeah. like untouchable type stuff you know yeah so it's it's cool hearing stories that you know of people who are there locally and got that got that opportunity got that that chance you know i i just like i said if it wasn't for my friend driving me there i really couldn't tell you what would i actually i was enrolled to go to college of aeronautics i wanted okay. to be a pilot i wanted to be a pilot okay but then volleyball happens so I blame Molly Ball. 
<laughs> I think you made the right choice, man. Yeah, and I was a little knucklehead. We was doing knucklehead stuff in the street. I mean, I grew up in East New York, Brooklyn, where it's survival of the fittest. You know, right, right. When, yeah. Jay called, when Jay Rue called it Homicide Central, that's what it was. Right, and, right. And, and, and I could literally go through the cemetery and show you rows and rows of my friends that didn't make it. Right, right. And, and, and then one of my best friends growing up, he died in a car crash in 86, a year, a year before I got signed to Molly, or months before I got signed to Molly. And he asked me to go hang out with him in this stolen car he was in that night. Yeah, he, yeah. Died, he died two hours later after I didn't get in the car. Right, right. So it, it, destiny is a motherfucker, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he, he uh, Molly, you know, when they, they say about people changing their life, Molly changed my life. And to this day, I tell him, thank you. And he tells me, shut up. Like, all right, dude, that's enough. But I'm like, nah, you don't understand. 35 years later, I'm still doing this. A lot of people aren't. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So yeah. So so you mentioned that uh that he signed you um yep. and uh you eventually got into the production phase of it and yep. he brought you on um to produce for him. Um what were some of the first artists that you worked with? Um, um when Marley did Craig G's second album, I was in the studio with him the whole time. Okay. Um you know, he'd get he'd get my second opinion ear on stuff. Not okay. necessarily. I didn't produce nothing on it. I helped him out as far as you know, little drops or whatever, but never okay. a beat. I didn't do a beat on it. Um, arrested the arrested president remix. I helped Molly with that. Okay. And how I helped him with that was he needed a certain sample. I had a, one of my demos. <laughs> And he called me and was like, yo, you still got the record you used for this song you did? Right. And I'm like, yeah, why? Meet me in Chung King. And I took a cab down to Chung King with the 45 of that sample. <laughs> and he sampled it up and I told him where to catch it and all of that. He put it in the Rest of President remix. It was born. And and then he, he paid me right on the spot. That's why I see people shit on Molly a lot online. I can't, I can't say... You know, however you did your business with Molly, you did your business. Molly never did nothing wrong to me. You know what I'm saying? And, and we was always there for each other. When I needed Molly for things I was doing, Molly was there for me. So, but as far as production now, Molly did not teach me how to do beats. I already knew how to do, obviously, because I got something yeah. for that. Right, right. You know? And and um, you know, he taught me techniques in mixing that I never seen nobody do. You know, uh -huh. and. So I know I know certain tricks about vocals and all that that people don't even know. Like when they listen to these records, like how Molly played a pivotal role in their music. Like I heard the actual pro. Well, it's in Pro Tools now because he dumped his reels. He, I, you know about that the baking reel stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Molly baked all his reels to Pro Tools. So I heard Coogee Rap Road to the Riches firsthand in multi track. And when I'm and G Rap was right there with me in the studio. Right, right. And when I'm listening to it, I see it. Why does G sound off beat? G sounded way ahead of the record from Road to the Riches. Yeah. So Molly, Molly was like, you know what I did? So I, I knew his trick. You know what I'm saying? But then I was like, wow. So G Rap was like speeding through this record and Molly pulled him back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This pre Pro Tools. Yeah. He took the real, the real. <laughs> so, so. You know, I got to, and that's when I was like, yo, these, these dudes don't understand. Like, Molly touched these records and they became what they was. Right, right. You know? And he's very talented, man. Very, very talented. 
You know, yeah. Yeah. to me, he's hands down, and that's my opinion, the greatest producer in hip hop because he's an innovator. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre's an innovator. Marley yeah. Mar's an innovator. There's a Mar difference. Marley's Marley Mar has always been one of my favorite producers, and until like a Dr. Dre came out or a Pharrell right. comes out, you know, right. depending on the music that you know you're listening to. But as far as hip hop um yeah it's marley mar for me as well i mean a lot of yeah. the records that he he made and uh you made um were some of the the records that i that i vibe most to you know like the krs oh, no. krs one stuff i mean um and i meant to ask you about that like how did you get involved in the krs one record and and uh, um on top of that did you ever get to work with scott larock no i didn't know scott larock okay. i bet like my whole my whole career was like a domino effect. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the quick beginning of it. Well, you know the Marley part, but so when Marley went over to Rush Producer Management, he took me with him. So now I was under Rush Producer Management. Francesca Spiro was managing me, Marley, Diamond D, a whole bunch of producers right. with Russell Simmons. So I was actually working at the Board of Education in New York. My mom, my mother worked for Board of Ed, and she worked for the NYPD, but Board of Ed security, whatever. So she got me a job at the Chancellor. Rudy Giuliani became the mayor back then. I was the first person in the Board of Ed to get laid off. First person. <laughs> so the next day, Francesca calls me and she's like, yo, she used to call me Boo Boo. She's like, yo, Boo Boo, Rakim just picked three beats of yours for his new album. This is the album before 18th Letter. This album never came out because when it got finished, a couple of songs got leaked and Rakim scrapped the whole thing. I still have my songs to this day and I have the acapellas to those songs. So, so I did Rakim, right? And then around the same time, I did this artist, Main One, uh, Main One um, from New Jersey, the Latin artist. So because of Main One, we did this record called El Gran Combo with him, Joe Fatal, Prince from Power Rule, Curious George, and Fat Joe. So Fat Joe was in the studio with us. Fat Joe and me was talking, and Joe was like, yo, working on my next album, Jealous Ones Envy, I want some beats from you. And this is what we're going to do. Give me beats, let's get something going, and you'll catapult off me into the industry. I'm going to catapult you into the game. Okay, cool. So... Hence, I do Jealous, I mean, I do Success, Flojo Part 2, Say Word, and Dedication on, on Jealous Ones, that'd be the first one in 1994, and it came out in 95. So through that, through those sessions, I met KRS-One. Okay. KRS, I gave him the same beat tape that Joe had with different beats. The beat for the MC was on that beat tape. Gotcha. So, KRS picked that beat tape. I mean, I'm sorry, that beat off that beat tape. Then he passed the same tape to Channel Live. So I met Channel Live. <laughs> that Joe's album comes out. I run, I'm down in Atlanta at the, I don't know if it was Jack the Rapper or Gavin Convention. And my man, uh, Kevin Mitchell, approaches me and says, dude, my name's Kevin Mitchell. I manage Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal loves what you did or Jealous Ones Envy, he would like to invite you to his birthday party in D.C. He wants to talk to you about being on his next album. That's how I met Shaq. 
So now, <laughs> through Shaq, I met Peter Guns and Lord Tariq, and I did a song for their album with the Uptown, the one that the Uptown record was on. Yeah. yeah. But because the sample couldn't get cleared, that never came out. So, um, okay. So with Channel Live, I met Channel Live with KRS, and then um, who else? KRS, Shaq. So yeah, so it just kept domino domino go, however you want to say it. Yeah. Domino effect. One after the other because I would beat this one through this one, this one. And then they'd be like, yo, you're the big old. Yo, I need a beat for this and that. And then I, I mean, the industry was coming to me for remixes like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because because I was known for the hard drums and that gutter gutter street sound. Uh -huh. So and and like I did first of the month remix for Bone Thug and Harmony. You know what I'm saying? And that that happened at the Gavin convention. I met Ernie Singleton, who was running Ruthless after um, Easy E passed. And I thought he was joking. He was like, yo, man, you the shit, man. Yo, I need you to remix first of the month. I'm going to send you the real. I thought he was bullshitting me. Next thing I know, the real is sitting in, in Chung King. You know what I'm saying? The two yeah. reels. It was Bone Thug used two reels to do their shit. Right. So. Like I said, it all was like boom, 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 boom. And I was, like I said, the remixes was like, yo, I need a remix. I remixed Veronica. And then um, I did three demos for Alicia Keys when she was trying to get signed. You right. know, same to my man, Jeff Robinson and Al Butter McLean. Because of them, I did those demos for Alicia. And I'll be honest with you, I've never heard the demos. I know that, I know they exist. Right. And I, I, I when I, um, Alicia, had Cool G Rap perform at Swiss Beats birthday a few years back. And that's when I was DJing for G Rap. And I spoke to Alicia about it. We hadn't seen each other in years. And I was like, yo, what's up with the demo? She goes, I gotta, I gotta ask my mom. She got them. She goes, yeah, we did them. And I was like, I never heard them. I need to hear them. So I've been around, bro. I've done a lot. I've done a lot yeah. more than I'm even remembered right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're... <laughs> Like I said, your discography is just incredible. I mean, from um, thank you. Um, you know, a lot of people when I mentioned that you work, you know, uh, multi plant platinum with Big Pun, they're just like, "What?" You know, like he's like top yeah. five in my in my book, you know. And I'm just like, "Wow." <laughs> you know? yeah. um, uh, Yo, it's crazy because Pun really did 2.3 million in the beginning, but yeah. now when you look at RIAA, it only says one million. So I don't understand that. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, I don't get that because my plaque only says one million. Really? They wouldn't serve. They wouldn't do two million on my plaque, you know. And then, and then the other thing is, I own um, publishing in, in uh, the song "All Me" with Drake. Right. You know? Yeah. So, you know what I said earlier about my hand is in the background. Like you might not see me, I might not speak, but I'm there. Oh you yeah. Yeah. I, I know you're there for sure. Um, you know, if you're in the, if you're anything in the game, you, you, and you know about you, yeah, definitely. We know you're out there doing nah, no. work. <laughs> yeah, man. Definitely. Definitely. You know so, what I'm saying? Do you have a, um, I, I know you've uh, done a lot of work with cool G. Uh, yeah. I, you, you actually brought him up to sound mine a bunch of times. I remember meeting him there a couple yeah. of times there. He was one of the coolest, coolest guys I've ever met. Got, very down to earth yeah he's one of the most down to earth guy. he he treats you like he knew you yeah like all his life he's he gives you a big old hug like i'm just like yeah. wow, this is cool g rap you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. no g rap g rap is we like family you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah he, uh he's uh he's like me low-key just yeah. 
He moved. I mean, I, I haven't seen him in a couple of months. He's still out here. Yeah. But we just we move around so much, you know, and and. and but he, from what I know, he's working on something new. I think the last I spoke to him, I spoke to him, actually, no, I spoke to him maybe a month ago. Okay. And, and he's working on a new album. And, and uh, hopefully he's finished. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what, um, oh, yeah, there's one question I wanted to ask because this is kind of a big, a couple of questions actually. Um, from a beat maker, perspective what is your take on the beat making scene that is going on today from like beat stars and sound click and all these places you know there's a lot of beat makers out there mm -hmm. uh, what, what's your what's your what's your uh, thoughts on the, those these guys well here's the crazy thing right when i was selling beats online i had a website called beatsfortunes.com mm -hmm. i was also managing razcast not managing them, but helping Razkaz look for a deal. So Abe Basson, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correct, but Abe Basson, the owner of BeatStars, uh -huh. was vice president at Ingrooves Music and called me and gave me a deal with Universal Ingrooves to distribute music. Uh -huh. So Abe seen me selling beats online. We became friends. He followed me, whatever. One day he calls me and he goes, yeah, I need to pick your brain. I said, what's up? He goes, you got a minute? I said, yeah. He's like, so can you explain to me what it is, your technique of selling beats? Because I had this idea called Beat Stars. And I told him, because he gave me a deal with Universal. He didn't have to do that. Right, so right. I was like, oh, no, nah, you got to do this. Make sure this, make sure that game tips, this and that, boom, 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 boom. And Beat Stars is born. Yeah. You know what I'm I, had a, I had a feeling you had something to do with that, or you were uh, oh, I, yeah, I somehow or another. Yeah, I consulted him a little bit. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here say I'm responsible for his success. Right. No. Not not. But, but Abe is a very good friend of mine. I love the brother, and I love his success. You know, people, people have said to me when I mentioned, yeah, me and Abe, I gave him advice, whatever. Yo, you should be getting. Nah, I don't need nothing. He's successful. You know what? If 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 you take your podcast and I give you advice, yo, you should do this, and you become successful. A thank you goes a long way more than money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, so it's like, when Abe, when because you know the little Nas X country road beat came from Beat Stars. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's one of my stories. I talked to every artist about <laughs> listen so when i seen abe on forbes magazine list when i seen him on television eyewitness news this and that i called him and he got on the phone he's like yo what's up dude i see yo bro congratulations and he was like dude i love you man you know like you don't understand that little advice i said abe congrats bro i said that's what's up i said you did it bro I said, you're on fucking Forbes list, dude. Come on. Like, yeah. you really, really took this beat star shit to the top. Yeah. And I'm happy for him. And I'm proud of him. Because, see, a lot of people talk about wanting to do things, but don't execute. And you're never going to know if it was a good idea or a bad idea unless you execute. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, Media Famous, like I said, it started out as a marketing company. But when I said, I'm going to do distribution... I questioned it, like, do I really want to put up with everybody? And I said, you know what? Let me just do it and see what happens. And now I'm happy I did it. There are days, I mean, come on, bro. I'm sure there's days you with the studio, you're like, 
I don't feel like doing this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so Abe put his best foot forward. He's the number one site out there. There's no other site that can fuck with him. SoundClick is old. Mm-hmm. BeatStars is always evolving. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I think they're going to be on the NFT game next, too, because I know that they've been talking about it. Oh, you better believe a lot, of, it. a lot of advice. So when I saw that, yeah. I'm like, I need to get on my shit real quick so I can be one of the at least first few websites that are doing this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because because if you can, if you can be the forefront, you're going to win, you know? And that's what happened with BeatStars. There was nobody there. Yeah, I had beats for tunes, but... I was B. It was B. It wasn't B selling everybody's beats. You know what I'm saying? Beat Stars is a community of of beat sellers and yeah. producers. Yep. And then the way he constructed it, like, dude, he put a lot behind that. Yeah. Me, me my shit was cut dry. Buy the beat, you get it, <laughs> goodbye. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him is like, oh, you want to write lyrics to this? Sure, go on the notepad, do this. Yeah. I wasn't doing all that, you know? Yeah. So it's genius. What what is um, would you have any advice to any of the beat makers that are putting beats out there? I mean, I hear a lot of beats out there. We, some of my guys and I, we do beat reviews and of some of the beats that are on Beat Stars, and right. I hear a lot of the same things, a lot of the same techniques, a lot. You know, um, I don't. I feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of beat makers who just kind of get stuck. They don't know how to take their their beats yeah. to the next level. I think I think the problem with a lot of beat makers is they don't find their own lane, their own sound. Like like see, back I hate saying this, but back from our days, right? Yeah, you had to have a unique sound, right? And that's that's why I was able to fit into the game because I had my own unique sound. But a lot of these beat makers, um, and it's a shame because you can't even call them producers. Because the producer is the one that goes in the studio with the artist, guides them, you know, molds them. But really, nobody's producing anymore now. You know, it's like, here's the beat. They either record it at the house or they go to a studio, but the producer's never there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, with the beat makers, I would say, you know, don't don't copy uh, Pharrell. Don't copy, uh, I don't know really a lot of the uh, uh, newer producer names. Like, I really don't know a lot of them, but be yourself. You know, make your own lane. Like, if you become unique in your sound, unique in in the way you construct, you can be a winner. You know, copying everybody else's stuff is not really going to do nothing. But go, oh, that's just another trap beat, or or that's just another drill beat. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Plus, I, I think the, the the evolution of um, you know sample packs and loop packs makes yep. it um very redundant because you you tend to hear the same sample or loop which i yeah. mean it, it it back when we were coming up i mean you you were a dj i mean you're you are a dj so you spent yes. a lot of time looking in record stores picking out records that nobody yeah. had heard of or you know thought of listening to and you've incorporated those sounds that's what made you who you are as far as a beat maker because yeah. you found your lane but when you have, um, you know, these loop packs and sample packs where everybody is, you know, a part, yeah, it, of, part of Splice or whatever, and, right. and you're regurgitating the same stuff. I mean, right. it's cool it, because you hear different variations. Yeah. Right. And, and, and one, one thing that I put on Facebook that 
people are arguing with me till they're blue in the face and they're, they're never going to win this argument is I, I don't, I'm not downing sample packs, loop packs, do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, and I know this from a standpoint of media famous distribution, let's say you made a beat with a piano, right? And you put it out as a sample pack. Uh-huh. You put it out on the internet, sample pack, right? So now I'm artist A, I come along by your sample pack. I do a song to that. I release it. So now I'm artist B, I come along, I buy your sample pack. I do a song, I release it. Well, guess what happens? You get a copyright infringement, artist B, because artist A technically beat put you. it out first, beat yep. you to it. Yeah. So now you need a license to show artist A is who I'm sampling. Forget the sample pack. Artist A had it first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I try to tell people online, I get it. You want to buy sample packs, cool, but you need to manipulate that because if it's out already, you're going to have clearance issues. I had people argue with me left and right. No, you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not saying the sample pack is anything wrong with it. I mean, I've messed with sample packs before. Yeah. You know, but it's the way you manipulate it. Now, if somebody puts it out first, you have to get a license after that because now what's going to come back is, and these digital channels like Spotify, they're not playing no more with this sample clearance stuff, licensing, because right. all the fraud that's out there, they're like, nope, we need a license. That right. You sampled artist A, and you might be like, no, I got it from this sample pack. Right. So what? You sampled it from artist A because artist A, or you lose your monetization to artist A if you put it on YouTube. Right, right, right. So that's the, that's the downside of the sample packs. Yeah. Would you okay, say- who argues with me on that? <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you're right. And would you say the same thing with beats? Kind of the yeah, same? yeah, same thing, same thing. Yeah. See, I'm going to tell you, the smartest thing a producer can do right now, or a beat maker, is put out an instrumental album out to the universe. Goodbye. And let it come back to you slowly. Because what's going to happen is all these people are going to use your beat. That's why people get beats off of YouTube is a good idea and a bad idea. It's a good idea for the producer because right. no matter what, that producer's getting your monetization. So it's a win. Right. It's a hustle. It's a win. Yeah. So the smartest thing for a producer or beat maker to do is release them out to the wild and then license them out. Yeah. That, yeah. I think all you w- got to do is... Okay, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. All you gotta no, do- I was going to say, all you got to do is license them out on a contract. So when YouTube or somebody comes in, yo, you said, no, 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 no. I got a license. But guess what? Your monetization is going to the producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a win. I think that I, was, I, got, I see your wheels turning. I think that was <laughs> one of the best uh, things that, that beat stars did was um, including distribution for the yes. beat makers. Cause now they're sending those beats out, they're distributing them. So they're the first out there. And then once yeah. everybody starts getting them, you know, buying them, you're right. It's it's gonna yeah. they're getting yeah. their that they should be getting. Uh, like like um my dude, uh Jay, well, his name is Jay, but he goes by Boogie the Hitmaker. He runs my media famous Instagram account. Like he's my childhood friend. So he's one of the people in media famous that runs right. it with me. He does beats 
and he's produced some records. So he had 52 beats laying around. This is like literally three weeks ago. I said, dude, release them through Media Famous. Put them out there. And then now people up, TikTok videos. And he's like, yo. I said, I told you. Because it doesn't have to be a song. Some, some five, six million follower TikToker can grab that, do yeah. a little dance to it, and you're making money. Yep. yep. So for the beat maker, instead of worrying about chasing the little Uzi Verts and the little yacht, see, I don't even know the new names. I'm still going yeah. old names. Uh, uh, yeah. So, 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 you know, and, and instead of chasing them, put your beats on the internet because there's people dancing to these things. The royalties is what you're going to make. Right. You get all that. I don't, you know, everybody has this, this fantasy and, and I get it. They chase the million dollar dream with the, right. with the, with the music industry, yep. but you can create your own million dollar dream. You know what I'm saying? That's what I tell our artists all the time. I do a lot. I work with a lot of hip hop artists and they're all chasing that million dollar dream. And yep. I'm like, man, all you need are 10 or a thousand solid followers that are willing to spend a hundred dollars on you every year. Yep. And you are supporting yourself and you've got a career that you don't have to go do a nine to five. Now you can focus on your music and, and build yep. it there. Yep. And I agree. And I agree with you. And that's the thing. Um, they, you know what it is, is that they have this thing where I gotta go. I gotta be down with a label. I gotta be down with it. No, man, you make your own lane and you'll be making your own money. Right. And then you become, that's the problem. A lot of people are not, well, not that they don't want to, they don't know how to be self-dependent. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where, where look, you got a studio, you're self-dependent. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and me, I'm self-dependent because we're like, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 51. But 54. we're more, okay, but you look, you look young too. <laughs> Thank you, so, but, but we're, we're bred a different way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like these kids nowadays, they want it all handed. Like, here right. you go. Yeah. You know, and it's not like that, bro. And then that's how they wind up in these shitty ass deals mm -hmm. and get caught up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look at look at Meek Mills, that post that he did about he never received money from anything. He sure right. was bragging about it. Right. He sure was throwing money in people's faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why nobody believes you. You all know right. what I'm saying? But he was chasing that million dollar dream yeah. when he could have did it himself and he wouldn't be making tweets like that if it's a real tweet because everybody's questioning is it promo or was it real i got no idea but a lot of people if they become dependent they wouldn't have to worry about none of that did you hear about the tory lane's nft release a couple of weeks back no, about, uh -uh. about a month ago he released his uh he had a seven song record um that he released for a dollar he created one million nfts of it he i did hear about that sold out 57 seconds wow and then they were turning around reselling for like 30 to a hundred thousand dollars a few days later and that's the crazy beauty of an nft is you get what 10 percent on every uh, sale right whatever whatever you whatever you in want. yep whatever you put in that contract so. brilliant bro brilliant um, I'm, I'm just going to ask you one last question because we've had yeah, sure. a good hour um, and I appreciate your time. So what does Domingo look for in a, in a hip hop artist? That, what, what kind of artist attracts you to want to work with him? 
because I've, um, I've, I've that's actually how we met is you brought an artist from i want to say akron or youngstown area um to sound mine i don't remember his name it was a whole crew of guys um oh you talk about the dudes from ohio yeah 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 that was man that was a while back they, yeah they uh they all just got out <laughs> <laughs> So there, there's case, the answer to that question. <laughs> in case you ever wondered what happened to them. <laughs> Welcome yep. home to all of them. <laughs> but um, no, um, no, with me, with an artist, honestly, man, I'm into lyricism, bro. Big time, big time lyricism. Like, I can't, I can't get with the, the trap. Rap, no, let me not say that because if, if you, it doesn't matter the beat you rap over. If you got lyrics, it's cool. But I can't get with the nigga, 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 nigga. I can't get with that. You right, know what right, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like if you've seen artists that I've dealt with, like um, the Swerve, uh, Swerve that I pushed on Instagram, the the young, yeah, uh, yeah, from she's, the Bronx. She's she's, lyric, she's lyrics. She's dope. Yeah. I mean, look at look at Nems. Nems is lyrical, you know what I'm saying? My man Bamboo, who I worked with back in the 90s, uh, lyrical. Every artist I've ever worked with is lyrical. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, not all of them are on that level right? everybody else, but I look for lyricism. It, it, I've dealt with so many artists that you got to really catch my ear. Yeah, like yeah. Right, right now, there's an artist, his name is Jafet, Jafet Music, from, uh, I want to say it's Worcester, Massachusetts, or uh, Wooster, uh, holy Wooster. I don't know how you that, <laughs> but um, anyways, from Massachusetts, Jafet Music, yeah, yeah. really dope artist. And I heard it the minute, the minute, the minute he rapped, I was like, "Yo, you got it." And then there's another kid that just came to me recently. Um, his name is Lavelle. He's from Queens. I call him Level. His real name is Lavelle because I pronounce him wrong. But he he's about to go in the studio Wednesday. Uh, over some beats that I, I made for him. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the thing. I really don't make beats no more. Right. But if it catches me, yeah, I'm pulling out machine and I'm getting busy. So I made him three beats. He's going to the studio. This is your typical, and I, I don't mean typical in a bad way. Like if you can't tell when this kid raps that he's not from Queens, I mean okay. that he's from Queens, then you don't know hip hop because right. he's got that Nas mob deep sound and lyrically and everything like he his his lyrics and his voice caught me like when he sent me a message on instagram and i was like yo and that's very that's very rare very very rare right right you know what i'm saying so that, that's all it takes but i mean i hear a lot and yeah. a lot of it i'd be like like don't rap dude just go get it yeah job. yeah i hear that a lot you know i i attribute it to their their uh they're not most of these artists don't write like they're not prepared for right they don't have a bank of topics already ready in their head you know right right like that's one thing i learned from jay-z is like he keeps a bank of bars ready to go yeah depending on what it is you know and then yeah may seem like he's rapping off the top of his head but no no that's pre-written stuff that he's thought about it's just in there ready to go for whatever yeah and and, and jay-z no jay-z does come off the top of his head but who i will tell you krs will say 
for every rapper, he has a verse to battle them. He's not bullshit. Like I've literally seen this dude with a duffel bag full of notebooks in the studio. <laughs> so KRS yeah. is is one of those artists. Yeah. But um, but but, you know, it, it to be a true artist like a rapper or I mean even singer, you got to be lyrical and and because if you think about it, I know we're going off to the I'm going off the the rail about rapping, but music. In songs, even songs are watered down now. Yeah. And there's no real lyrics in songs like, oh, what the fuck you bitch and duck you bitch. You know, that's just corny. Yeah. To me, yeah. it's corny. You know, and, and, and it's funny because I was talking with this one artist recently, like a week ago, and he said, yo, what do you think of the songs? I said, you know, I like it. And these are artists I like. Like, I've produced with them. Right. I said, I think it'd be dope if you stop using the word nigga so much. I said, because it's it's... It's kind of worn out. It's way you know worn out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you rap and rhyme nigga with nigga, it's like, come on, dude. That's not that's not original. That's right. not even lyrical. That shit is stupid. So, yeah. you know, the artist, I'll say, yo, dog, I think you should replace the word nigga every time you say that. And he was like, Yeah, but I ain't say it too many times. So you shouldn't say it none. Right. Like, take it out of your words. Yeah. Because not because he's not white, he's he's a black artist, but it's just People don't want to keep hearing that. They don't want to keep hearing that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, and most of the artists that you've had, you've worked with, like you said, they're they're lyricists, and that's what I've always been attracted. That's why Rockham is my favorite. Right. Yeah. Favorite of yeah. all time. He's his lyrics, the way that he writes, and it's just unbelievable. And I can right. visualize everything that he's he puts down. Um, yeah, and and and. and He's one of the only, I mean, he is, he's cursed in maybe one or two songs, but rarely, rarely cursed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. man, I appreciate your time, Domingo. Um, I appreciate you too. Um, it's been an honor to have you on my podcast. Same here, bro. Same yeah. here. Same um, here, man. I look forward to talking to you again. Where, where, where's your studio located? I'm in Akron. I'm in Akron, Ohio. So you're in Akron, Ohio? Yeah. Wait, yeah, where's sorry. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Cleveland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How far is that from you? 30 minutes. Oh, okay. So you should have been there yesterday. I should have been there yesterday when I was working <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, that's funny. You in Akron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, The people I dealt with were from Akron. That's what I was thinking. I thought they were from Akron or Youngstown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Youngstown. That's it, Youngstown. Youngstown. Yeah. Yeah, how far is Youngstown from you? About about an hour, maybe. It's right there at the PA border. Right, by Pittsburgh. By Pittsburgh, yeah. Okay. You know, you know where I went to when I was out there? Uh Grandpa's cheese barn. Okay. You know where that's at? Yeah, you yeah. Know where that's at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me and my son stood in there for like an hour, man. <laughs> I was like, yo, this cheese is crazy. But I got I gotta come back out that way soon. You know, yeah, hit me up when you're ever out here. Oh hell yeah! No, and I asked you where the studio's at so I could, you know, push people towards you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I'd appreciate that, man. Um, I got you. Yeah, we're 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 trying to do do a lot of different things here. You know, we're we're I'm trying to be more of a content studio. Um, we still nice. do a lot of the traditional recording and stuff like that, but you know, um, I'm doing content creation, a lot of podcasts. We're doing um, right 
music videos um nice commercials and stuff like that for for local businesses um just Good. anything that we can do that's content related audio video wise you know and, and artist development that's the other thing that we're trying to do i'm trying to be very selective about the artists that i work with um, you have to come be. in here um and then if there's somebody that you know is talented i want to help help build that artist you know because i feel like that's lacking a lot of so yeah, yeah there's no more you know you're right there's no more artist development mm -hmm. ever like it's all because everything with the music industry is co uh, cookie cutter it's like yeah okay, well, let's make this batch of cookies and they all sound the same they all taste the same whatever yeah that's it and, it, and that's why the game becomes boring right yeah yeah you know? So how, how is that? How does that? Uh, how do you liking uh, the distribution aspect of it? Nah, I like it. You know, it, it, I started it because I wanted to give independent artists an avenue beside the the other ones. You know, like the Distro Kids, the Tune Course, because I know their structures and United Masters. I know their structure. So to give a basic, yo, you pay this, you get all your publishing. I mean, sorry, your royalties, and you know, a lot of them don't understand like the stuff, you know, and I don't like to go competition names and stuff, but like distro kid, they charge you for almost every little thing that really there is no fee for those things. Right. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, United masses, forget it. They, they, they're just like, uh, it's more, it's more hedge fund based. Okay. Like they, they use what, what the art, like, I, I ain't gonna lie. When United Masters first launched, I didn't have Media Famous yet. Well, I had Media Famous as a marketing company, but not distribution company. Okay. So, right. and they're one of the reasons why I said, you know, I need to do something because if you read their terms, they keep some of your publishing. Right. And, and you're giving them permission to market using you. Right. For their, for their benefit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when I read that, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. Yeah, yeah. And I know that I've been in the game 35 years. I'm not giving up my publishing just because you distributed me. Right. So then that's when I said, you know what? I need to do something to, to help these young, you know, the, the up and coming artists. And I mean, I have, I have signed, well, they're not signed to me, but they joined Media Famous is uh, Bootsy Collins' son, um, trying to convince him to get his pops to sign up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've got Molly Ball is signed up to Media Famous. You know, so some of the, some of the, the my peers are signed up to it. They see the vision, yeah, but yeah, I'm more, yeah. I'm more, I'm more up and coming artist oriented, you know, to gotcha. help them because I know the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's been a good road. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fraud out there with streaming and all that stuff. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's a shame because a lot of these artists, they'll, they'll do millions of streams and then let's say Spotify, I've seen it all the time. Spotify would be like, we're not paying them. And there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you could deny it all you want, but if Spotify is saying you're busted, yep. there's nothing I can do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So as media famous, what we do is we distribute you. You know, we 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 provide marketing services for a fee, right? Right. But as far as anything else with distribution, there's no fee. For you to become a Spotify artist profile, there's no fee. From my understanding, distro kid charges a fee. Really? Why I don't know. But also what people don't know is Spotify owns a piece of DistroKid. Okay. So so you know, <laughs> 
they have an advantage. You know what I'm saying? So, so why are you charging people to do these little things that you're down with Spotify, dude? It should be nothing. But, and now we do um, song splits because a lot of people ask me about song splits. Yeah, that's real popular. Now, DistroKid charges you for everybody that you want on a split. Like if I would do a song with you and I say, I want to give Mike 50%. Mike has to open an account. Right. With DistroKid. So and, Mike has to pay. Right. To get his account. Not media famous. You just give us the splits. We file it. Boom. Done. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but, but it's, it's all cost effective. It's all artist friendly. Yeah. And, and, and I launched the distribution in 2019 and we've paid out, uh, shit. Just this year alone, we paid out a quarter of a million dollars to, okay. to artists. So artists are getting paid on media famous. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But you know, like I said, that's really it, bro. That's what I've been focused on. Yeah. I'm kind of um my team here and I are are, are building a um an audio streaming and NFT marketplace. Nice. Um, NFT marketplace is the next yeah. the next step. Yeah, I've been, step. been learning a lot of coding. Um, so that we can do it all ourselves. I'm seeing all the the flaws that are out there right now with some of the marketplaces where they're having exuberant uh, gas fees to create the NFTs. So I've learned how to code and create NFTs through coding. And I want to share that with all the people that we bring in, uh, you know, all our artists that we upload to our site to stream their music and art yeah. or whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? We're not. Yeah, and, to- and if you see what, what people understand is, if you make things cost effective, you'll be more successful than 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 those prices they got out there. I see prices to mint stuff, you yeah. know, the gas prices like what? Yeah. For me to say it's digital, here it is. Come on, man. But yeah. but yeah, like like I own a media famous nft.com. Okay. Awesome. I, like like yeah, no, believe me, I'm well I'm yeah, yeah. quietly, quietly versed, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I got people schooling me on it. You know, I, I mean I, I'm not gonna lie, really not in tune with it yet. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of confusing a little bit, but yeah. I get it. Yeah. And it for me, see, for me, it would work. Yeah. Because I have unreleased stuff that I could put out in the NFT. Yeah. See, for the average artist, you gotta figure out your fan base would they buy right. it right right you know? yeah and, and and you know and the, i think the beauty of it is the fact that whoever sells it like if you sell one you make a percentage for life off of it yeah so that's pretty dope and and as you see the record companies are already jumping on it because yeah. they know they know they need to dominate that industry like they did streaming yeah, yeah. but the artist is gonna win yeah i think they're gonna have a little a tougher time on this one well, we'll see. they're always on top of it though they're probably yeah. 20 yeah. steps ahead of all of us so you know yeah. quietly just like you like said just like media famous is the first ones out of all the distributors to accept cryptocurrency and pay out in cryptocurrency now i didn't guess know who, that. yeah yeah i did a, i did a deal with coinbase now guess who just followed along last week United Masters. Okay. But they're out there, they're out there PRing it with, oh, we did a deal with Coinbase. No, you didn't. You opened an account with Coinbase. You got approved. I right. had to do the same exact thing. Right. And 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 we were the first to do it. Now, granted, I'm not big on the PR thing. Let's just do it and get it done. And get it done. You don't need, <laughs> need to brag about it. You right, know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. But exactly. but 
But it's like, it made me go, okay, so I know you guys are watching because you weren't doing this before. Yeah. Same way when I came with the 995 price, unlimited releases, yep, yep, unlimited. Yep. Now everybody's doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always been like that. It's always going to be like, yeah. you're ahead. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's all that really matters. Nah, no doubt. I try to stay ahead. And if I can't, hey, I'm just doing, I'm in my lane. I don't care about their lanes, you know? Yeah. I that's just, I just knew, you know what you say? No, I said, that's one thing that I've always admired about you. You've always been thank you a forefront guy a forerunner you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, like of everything like like back in 2007 it was only me and rockweiler selling beats online yeah and 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 you know people thought i was bugging i was bugging people really was like i mean my peers in the industry some of them one of their managers called me and was like yo what are you doing they're like yo i i got people telling me why would i buy a beat from you and your producer, when I could get it from Domingo online for like six hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> what happened was with that concept was, I had a whole bunch of beats just laying around. I swear to you, like a thousand. And everybody, you know, kids would hit me online. I wish I can afford you. I used to be like, "What makes you think you can't afford me?" Oh, because you're Domingo. Okay, cool. But what makes you think you can't afford me? Don't yeah. let the name make you think you can't afford right, me. Right. Right. So one day I said. One night, I made a, one of those flash players from back then, yeah. and I put it on MySpace, and I put prices, and I put it in my PayPal account. The next day, I woke up, I had $3,500 in my PayPal account. So I said, okay, I'm on the song. You know what I'm saying? And I did it again, and I did it again. And then with people, oh, Domingo's broke. Look what he's doing. Yeah, sure, I'm broke. Okay, you can say whatever you want. Right, I'm, right. Far from, I'm far from broke. But what I'm doing is working. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like I said, the only other person doing it was Rockwiler. Now, whether they ridiculed him or not, I have no idea. But I was getting ridiculed big time behind the scenes. I know what everybody was saying. I know it. Oh, he's bugging. Yo, why is he doing this? But you know what, bro? From 2007 all the way to 2010, I stopped in 2010. All the way to there, I made $480,000 selling beats online. Rockwaller made a billion dollars. Yeah. So who so who was wrong? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cormega. Yeah. Cormega was the first artist to go independent online. And everybody thought he was bugging. Now Cormega is one of the top independent artists. Right. Because he's all independent. I mean, look at Tech Nine. Tech Nine's never had a record deal. Yeah, that's true. So when people was ridiculing me, oh, making jokes, oh, Domingo's broke, look at his son, he's got a garage sale. Yeah, go ahead, keep cracking jokes because I'm just emptying <laughs> yeah. my PayPal account. Right, right. And, and then the people that were calling me, asking me why you're doing this now, yo, how did you do that? You know what I'm saying? You know who Jelly Bean Benitez is? Yep, yep, sure do. Jelly Bean Benitez, I had a publishing deal with him back in the 90s. When I was selling beats online, he called me and said, yo, how are you doing this? He said, people in the industry are asking me, how are you doing this? I said, bro, I'm just selling beats online. He wanted to pay me $30,000 to teach him how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I said, in public, he can't deny that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so, so I've always, like you just said, I've always tried to stay ahead. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and because I see the producer game collapsing 
back then. You know, with the streaming coming out and all of this, I was like, something's going to happen where producers are not going to get their share. Mm -hmm. So let me bail out now. <laughs> gotcha. But, yeah. So, yo, man, it's been a pleasure, bro. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it, brother. I'll be in touch. Please, Please do. Please right. do. And if you ever want to jump back on here, let me know. All right, brother. I appreciate all it. All right, brother. All right, kid. Have a good Peace. One. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Area 67 Music Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mikey Villegas. If you liked today's interview, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel. We'll be bringing you lots more new content to the channel um, in addition to what you've already seen on this channel. We've teamed up with Greg Patterson of Tales from the Beast, and um, we hope that our team We'll be able to bring you all sorts of cool, exciting content to the channel, including all the things that you're used to getting from Greg and a lot of cool stuff from a lot of the other people here on the team of, at Area 67. So um, we really appreciate you tuning in. Again, if you like what you hear, um, what you saw, please like and subscribe and share the, the content with everybody that you know, and that will really help us out. If you want to see me or any of us do any interviews with any artists, producers, engineers that you like, um, please, please put them in the comments below and we'll try to reach out to those artists and make it happen. Thanks for tuning in and peace. We'll see you next time.